Hello, buddy. Welcome back to another episode of the Star Wars Blip Podcast. Today we got an insane episode of a Mandalorian. What are you? What are we going to be talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about Mandalorian season three, episode eight, the return. It is a finale. The finale of the entire show uh, was yesterday. And I was going to do an episode yesterday, but never got around to it. But today, you are here with me, and we are going to take a wild ride in this show, uh, in this breakdown. It's going to be a great time. All right, let's get right into the breakdown. Um, before we do that, make sure you subscribe wherever you get to this podcast or follow it along. It helps out the show so much. Leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. And Joseph, if you're listening to this, I'm going to shout out all the Sorns. If you're a Sorn out there and you're listening to this... Bro, I'm shouting you out. I'm shouting you out. Um, all my VSA friends, Jeremiah, Jediah, uh, secondary class, primary class. Sorns, they're great. Great companions. They also have really good meat, I, I've heard. So, Joseph, you, you, you've yet to send me um, some Sorn meat because I've heard it's really, really good. Uh, probably make some burgers with it. Throw it on the grill. It's going to be great. Anyways, let's get into this breakdown. Uh, we got a fantastic episode to break down. All right, let's jump right in. All right, we left off with Paz Vizsla dead, Din Djarin captured, and Moff Gideon's fleet destroying the Mandalorian cruiser. The episode jumps right into the action, with Bogotan leading a fire squad of Mandos in hopes of reaching the surface to recruit the rest of the fleet to come help them fight Moff Gideon. She contacts Axe Wolf, who is flying into the atmosphere to tell the rest of the Mandalorians to come down and help them fight. He's using his jetpack, and the shot we see when when he's using his jetpack is absolutely stunning. We just see this lone Mandalorian just blasting off into the sky, and it's beautiful. He's like, I'm a man on a mission. Nobody's going to stop me. I am going to do this. Axe Wolf, he's a great guy. I, and then we we, we kind of see this this arc of Axe Wolf being this like cocky guy, and he turns into such a team player and a fighter, and it's really, really cool to see. I think that's awesome. Anyways. Uh, okay, so she contacts Axe Wolf, who's flying into the atmosphere to tell the rest of the fleet to come down and help fight. Some of the Imperial Mandos ambush Bo-Katan and her squad, and she uses her jetpack to blast away from a planted thermal detonator. The scene turns to Din Djarin getting dragged to a cell for questioning. He acts a limp, but then comes alive and uses his skill to incapacitate the two Imperial Cyber Mandalorians. He meets up with Grogu in IG-11, who cuts his bonds. Moff Gideon launches his fleet of Imperial in Interceptors. The Mandos launch their fleet of Gauntlets. And I'm telling you what, the Interceptors cannot handle the sheer heat of the Gauntlets. They just cannot handle the heat. Gauntlets have so much firepower... Probably more than interceptors. They're just as nimble. They have more power. Uh, they they have more firepower. There's no way these imperial interceptors could take down the gauntlets. Anyways, Grogu and Dinjon traverse through the maze of the imperial base using the guidance of R5. The droid is able to by, bypass the doors, which leads Din to the laser gate that leads to the communications center. The scene jumps to Axe Wolf telling everyone on the cruiser to abandon ship and board the gauntlets so they can go help Bogotan and the rest of the Mandalorians back on Mandalore. Din and Grogu find the, la the laser gate, and Jaren says, Open the first shield. 
the door opens and Din kills the first two guards using a knife throw. It's so cool. He's like fighting these two Imperial Mandos and he throws the knife in his neck. And it's like, oh my gosh, dude, Din Jarn is crazy with it, dude. It's crazy, bro. We can just see like how better of a fighter Din Djarin is than everyone else. He's cracked, dude. There's no way you're taking this guy down. Ridiculous. Anyways. Uh, we, we we know that there's, like, levels of the shields. And so he says to R5, next shield, he says as he bests his way through the Imperial base. As the shield opens, Din gets more weapons after he kills the Imperials. Din marches through the shield and ends up at the communication center. And there's this scene where he says to R5, he's like, next shield, and he picks up a shield and, like, a sword. And it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody can stop this man. Dude, it's insane, dude. I would literally was like, come on. It was crazy. Jaren's like, come at me, bro. Can't do anything. It's great. Anyway, Din marches through the shields and ends up at the communication center while R5 gets swarmed by mouse droids, which he activates his blasters. A single mouse droid falls off the shelf into the abyss. <laughs> dude, it's so funny because R5 is getting swarmed by the mouse droids while he's trying to help Din Djarin traverse through the Imperial base. A bunch of these stupid mouse droids just come over and start poking R5. And while R5 blasts away, one of them just falls off the shelf into the canyon. Falls off the platform. So funny, dude. Hilarious. Anyways, Din and Grogu find themselves in the cloning facility where Moff Gideon actually cloned himself in hopes of creating a, a version uh, of himself with the force, which he never had. Then, he wanted to create an army of superhumans. Before they leave, Grogu and Din Djarin destroy the clones and proceed to the center. The scene turns to Bogotan and her crew while they rest and wait in a farm cave under Mandalore. The reinforcements arrive, led by the armorer and Bogotan and her crew, take to the skies using their jetpacks. Bo draws the dark saber as she leads the battle cry. The fight begins. Everything is chaos. Mandalorians fight with jetpacks. It's so cool because Bo-Katan is leading the charge. She has all these mandos by her side with jetpacks. She draws that light, uh, that uh, dark saber, and says, "Onward!" It's like, "Oh my gosh, dude! It's go! It's like everything's going down tonight. It's gonna be a party in this USA. Oh my gosh, things are going down." I don't know why I'm talking in that voice, but let's move on. All right. Din and Grogu find Moff Gideon, and Din engages in combat with him. Gideon has a suit fitted with Beskar, as well as a droid exoskeleton, making him ten times stronger than your average Joe. Praetorian guards come and start killing Din, but Grogu leads them away into a room while Gideon kicks Din Djarin's butt. Like, we can tell that Gideon is cheating. He's using them cheat codes to make this suit for himself and start kicking Din Djarin's butt. It's not fair. Equal rights. It's not fair. What the heck, Moff Gideon? Anyways, uh, Bo-Katan comes flying in and helps Din fight Moff Gideon, saying, Mandalorians are stronger together. She draws the Darksaber and starts fighting Moff Gideon. It's crazy. Um, yeah, really great. Bo and Gideon start fighting the Moff using an Electrostaff and Bo-Katan using the Darksaber. And I saw this on uh, Google. Um, there was an interview with Giancarlo Esposito, who plays Moff Gideon. And basically, 
During the filming of The Mandalorian, Giancarlo broke six lightsabers while he was filming that scene with Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon. So, pretty great. Really, really cool. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, Grogu is doing some sick Yoda flips around the room to avoid the Praetorian Guards. He uses the Force and freezes the blade of one of the Praetorian Guards before they can kill him. Din Djarin bursts in the, into the room and starts fighting the guards away. They tie him up with their purple laser rope, but Grogu uses the force to push them away. It's so funny because, like, some of the Praetorian guards are like, hey, stop right there, and they, like, try to kill Grogu, and then Grogu just forces them away, and it's like, whoa! It's so great. Uh, the scene then turns to Moff Gideon while he is still fighting Bo-Katan. All the other Sky Mandalorians are fighting with all of their might. The battle seems to be in favor of the true Mandalorians. Grogu and Din manage to kill all of the Praetorian guards. Moff Gideon is beating Bogotan. She is tired. We can see the fatigue on her face. Moff Gideon takes off her helmet, which is actually an insult to Mandalorian culture. If someone removes your helmet, that is like a spit in the face. That is like so offensive to Mandalorian culture. Anyways... Axe Wolf reports that the interceptors are ripping the cruiser apart while it's in order, orbit, and the ship is plummeting towards Mandalore. He tells everyone to evacuate before the ship destroys the Imperial base. Din and Grogu and Bo beat Moff Gideon to the edge of the platform as, as the ship crashes into the Imperial base. They all clinch for the pain to come, but they realize... Grogu is making a force shield around them to shield them from the flames, exactly like Kanan Jarrus did in Rebels to save Ezra and Hera. And I thought that was really cool because maybe Luke trained um, Grogu to do that. Let me take a ginormous sip of water real quick. Gulp. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so super cool how Grogu did that, like, force shield thing, uh, to, like, shield Din Djarin and Bo-Katan from that. Thought that was a really cool touch, uh, kind of like an Easter egg there, so, great. The flames subside, subside and Bo-Katan is truly flabbergasted. Uh-huh, you heard me right, folks. I just said flabbergasted, because I'm chill like that. That's what's up. That's what's, when you turn into the Star Wars book podcast... I'm going to say flabbergasted because that word is so suave and bougie. Anyways, all the Mandos meet back at the living waters after the gigantic battle for the reception of Paz Vizsla's son. Okay, do we think that Moff Gideon is actually dead? I don't think so because, okay, it's, 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 it's too easy to kill Moff Gideon. Plus, we have an entire movie about the Mandalorian coming out with um, uh, Dave Filoni. The, 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 you can't kill Moff Gideon that easily. He probably put, like, I don't know, fire resistance in his suit because it's such an advanced suit. Anyways, all the Mandos meet back at the Living Waters for the reception of, or basically the funeral of Paz Vizsla, as well as the reception of Paz Vizsla's son. He becomes a true Mandalorian and the voices of all the Mandos echo within the halls of the planet with, This is the way. So good. So emotional. Just pulls at your heartstrings. It's beautiful. Anyways, Din Djarin proposes for Grogu to become a Mandalorian. And the armorer says he is too young to speak the creed. Din Djarin says, What if I adopt him as my son? 
the armorer agrees, and Grogu becomes Din Grogu. The two are now family. Din Djarin being Grogu's father, Grogu being the son. Finally, we can call Pedro Pascal Space Daddy. Of course, we already knew he was Space Daddy, but it's official now, guys. Pedro Pascal is a Space Daddy. He's the OG Space Daddy. My word, it's, it's, it's official now, guys. We can finally sell merch that, that, that says Pedro is the Space Daddy. I'm going to make a t-shirt that says Pedro equals Space Daddy. And then just have like Grogu's face on it. I'm going to sell it for millions and get rich off of it. Richer than Joseph selling that sworn meat. Well, almost as rich as Joseph selling that sworn meat. But I'm going to get pretty close. Anyway. Yeah, Din Djarin joins the New Republic secretly as a bounty hunter. The episode ends with Din and Grogu chilling in their cabin on Navarro while Grogu makes a space frog float. Guys, 10 out of freaking 10. I had no problems with this episode. It was beautiful, aesthetically pleasing. Got some beautiful wide shots of everything. And yeah, we just, do we just, it was such an intense and gritty episode. Like, Din Djarin really was put through the rigor on this one. Like, he was put through that rigmarole. He was fighting with all of his might. And we just see the superiority of Mandalorians. Moff Gideon might not be dead. Who knows? But yeah, it, just this, this next season was so, uh, just, just, it, it was almost entering into a new phase of the show. Obviously, because it's a new season. So. Yeah, this this season three of Mandalorian, really great, really really great, guys. Um, the entire season, I give it give it a solid eight out of ten. But this episode is a ten out of ten for sure. Okay, let me mention the Bantha in the room. What did we all think about Dave Filoni's cameo as Din Djarin is walking into the New Republic base on, um, oh, what is that planet called? Um. Concordia, Concordia. What did we think of that on Concordia? Literally, Dave Filoni's just wearing his hat, and he's just in the bar, just chilling and drinking with the rest of the aliens. What did we think about that? I was, I literally paused the episode, went over to my TV, and explained to my family who that was because they didn't really care. They were like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Bro, that's Dave Filoni." <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. So really, really great episode. Ten out of ten. And I'm sad because we don't get any Star Wars till August. Ugh, it's going to be such a long wait. What am I going to talk about, guys? No, like, seriously, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> what am I going to talk about, guys? I have nothing to talk about. So, yeah, either tonight or tomorrow, we will have an Afterthoughts episode uh, with Ethan, my little brother. So that's that's going to be that's going to be pretty cool. So, yeah, it's going to be great. I will be with you breaking that down. Make sure you check out the show notes. We have Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We also have social medias there, Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you guys check that out. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. For now, my name's Ty. And yeah, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.